I want to speak to you tonight on the subject, godly priorities. Godly priorities. I'm reading from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to begin there. We're going to, of course, as we uh, go into this Bible study, we're going to we're going to go to and fro through the scriptures, and so uh, we will move along there. But from Matthew chapter six, beginning with verse uh, number twenty-six, one of my very favorite passages, and one of the landmark passages for our church. Uh, Matthew chapter six and verse uh, twenty-six. The word of the Lord says this, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father, which feedeth them, feedeth them, are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory, in all his glory, he was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And I want to speak to you tonight on the subject, godly priorities godly priorities. It's important today that we have uh, godly priorities, not something where we uh, place anything above the Lord. The Bible says here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. How many are glad to worship that one Lord? Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise one more time. Thank you, Jesus. The priorities that we have in life say a lot about us. They tell us everything we need to know about ourselves. What is it that's important to us? What is it that we value? What things are on the top of our list in terms of importance, in terms of urgency? What is it that we don't think we can do without? What are those things? Those are your priorities. And the priorities of life can vary. They can be on the spectrum, ranging from the most carnal to the most spiritual. It is important, it is of utmost importance that you and I have God's priorities as our priorities. What is important to God? It must be important to us. So I want to talk to you a little bit tonight about godly priorities. In this passage of Scripture, this, this passage means a lot to me because it deals so much with the matter of seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things. What things? The things that you shall eat, the things that you shall drink, 
the things that you shall place upon yourself for clothing. In, in other words, the necessities of your life. All these things shall be added unto you if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We do this by faith. We seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness by faith. We don't seek it because somebody uh, forces us to seek it. You, you can go through all the motions in seeking God, but it really doesn't matter if it's not coming from the heart. But when we seek first the kingdom of God, and, and let, me, let me say that every word in that statement is so valuable. Seek, he didn't say, but seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And so many times we seek God and his kingdom and his righteousness. And then we expect these promises to come to pass. But we have so many things in front of him. So many things prioritized above him. So we fail many times to understand the significance of seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's an act of faith. There are other things you could be doing. There are things to get done, people to see, stuff to, to, to manage. And, and yet, by faith, before you do anything else, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's when you enact the divine principles of all these things being added unto you. Praise the Lord. From the book of Psalms 63, we're going to begin at the first verse of Psalm 63. The Bible said, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. Early will I seek thee. Now, you say, what does that mean, early? That, that means early. That means before it's too late. That means before anything gets started. Does that mean early in the day? Yes. Does that mean early in life? Yes. Does that mean early on my job? Yes. Early. Early in your career. Early in your education. Early in your marriage. Early in your friendships. Early when you receive, when you receive your income. That's why we, we tithe the first fruits of what the Lord has given us. Early will I seek you. So, so why is it important to do it early? So many times, and we're all guilty of this, we wait until we realize how desperate we are for God, and then we begin to seek Him. But He said, Oh God, Thou art my God, early will I seek Thee. Now, now you lay that as a premise, as a preface to everything else, and then the beautiful things that come after that are sure to follow. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee. In a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's the world you're living in. This is a dry and a thirsty land where no spiritual water is. These, these, the people of this world are dehydrated spiritually and they are dry and the thirsty in the land in which they live is dry and thirsty. But, but because I have sought the Lord early, my soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee. Not other things, but the Lord, to see thy power 
and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. Do you see what happens when you seek him early? When you seek him early. Don't, don't, don't take that position that God gave you for granted. Don't think you can do it by yourself. Don't try to accomplish it with your fleshly efforts, but early seek the Lord. Say, God, give me wisdom. Lord, give me guidance. Lord, make my tongue the pen of a ready writer. Help my hands that whatever they find to do, that I'll do it with my might, that I'll do it with excellence. Seek him early in that promotion or position. Seek him early in your marriage. Seek him early in your children's lives. Amen. And you begin to raise them up in the fear of the Lord. Don't wait until the chaos ensues. But, but early seek the Lord in their life and lay them before the Lord and dedicate them to the house of God. I'm going to tell you, I know it's a challenge to come to church sometimes. I know that. I know it's a dedication. I understand that it's, it requires time. It requires effort. It requires energy. I'm going to tell you, you'll never regret spending your years in the house of the Lord. You'll never regret it. You'll never regret getting up and bringing your family to the house of God. Making sure they're in an environment where they hear the word of the Lord. Where teachers teach the word of the Lord. And we have faithful teachers at Tree of Life Church who teach the word of God to our children and to our young people. I just heard our young people as I was coming down the hall. They were having so much fun and having good, wholesome, godly fellowship. And they're going to be hearing the word of God tonight. I thank God for youth pastors and children's ministry pastors and teachers that will deliver the word of the Lord to our children and our young people early in life hallelujah and when you do that you get to enjoy the beauty that comes from it I will praise you with my lips because your loving kindness is better than life hallelujah I will bless you while I live I will lift up my hands in your name my soul shall be satisfied my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips thank the Lord isn't it better to be that than some bitter, broken, just resentful, hateful soul? I want to be someone whose mouth praises the Lord. I don't want folks to walk up to me and start talking to me and find out in just a few minutes that I'm some poisoned cistern, some, some toxic well that they don't want to be around because everything that comes out of my mouth has a barb to it and a little, has some kind of a little edge on it and you can feel my hurt from the words I speak. No, 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 I want that out of my system. I want to get all of that out on the altar and say, Lord, take this miserable wretch that I am and clean me up on the inside and let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O God. You know that's important for both of those things to be acceptable in the sight of God. You can't expect the words of your mouth to be acceptable to God if the meditation of your heart is not acceptable to God. You can't expect your word to give forth, your mouth to give forth praise if your mind is dwelling on toxicity. Whether that be in the form of bitterness and resentment 
or whether that be in the form of the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes or the pride of life, trying to gain some kind of an advantage over everybody around you and, uh, and, 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 and to their hurt and to their demise. You, you, you can't expect the mouth God gave you for praise to give forth praise if the meditation of your heart is not fixed upon the Lord. And so seek the Lord with godly priorities. Early, early, early will I seek you. It's important that we do it early. From the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Now, the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12 is a very interesting chapter in the Bible. It actually speaks in metaphoric terms about how life goes and how that our bodies age. And, and as we age, our bodies begin to, to succumb to certain uh, frailties and what have you. So... So this, there's an admonition that starts this chapter, Ecclesiastes 12. Here's the admonition. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Somebody said, well, it's too late for me. I'm not in my youth anymore. Well, join the club. But you're younger now than you'll ever be. So this applies to all of us. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not. While you've got health in your body, remember now your creator. While you can lift hands, lift your hands. While you can declare his word, declare his word. While you can come to church, come to church. Oh, hallelujah. While you can bless somebody, bless somebody. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth while the evil days come not nor the years draw nigh when you shall say I have no pleasure in them. There's going to come some rough days in our life. That's the nature of this world. There are going to come some days that, that we wish would not come and, and, and these are, he said they're, they're evil days. We thank God for the good days and yet there are evil days that can come upon us. The days where we say, I have no pleasure in those days. Don't wait for those days to come for you to say, oh God, I need you. But remember him while things are going good, while the evil days come not. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble. A reference to the way that the body begins to, to give way to the struggles that can come upon us physically. Keepers of the house shall tremble and the strong men shall bow themselves. And the grinders cease because they are few. And those that look out of the windows be darkened. And the doors shall be shut in the streets when the sound of the grinding is low. And he shall rise up at the voice of the bird. And all the daughters of music shall be brought low. Also when they shall be afraid of that which is high. Fear trees, fears shall be in the way. And the almond tree shall flourish and the grasshopper shall be a burden and desire shall fail. Why? Because man goeth to his long home and the mourners go about the streets. Or ever the silver cord be loosed or the golden bowl be broken or the pitcher be broken at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern. In other words, things just aren't working right. There's, there's dysfunction occurring in our body because man goeth to his long home. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Vanity of vanity. Vanity, saith the preacher, all is vanity. And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. 
Yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was upright, even words of truth. Listen to this. The words of the wise are as goads and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies which are given from one shepherd. In other words, the word of truth that we receive in our life, they are like nails that are fastened. They are like like goads and nails that are fastened as as they come from the good shepherd of our soul. And and that's that's what you try to do as a pastor. You try to give words of truth that can nail things down in a sure place so that when the evil days do come and the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men bow themselves and the body begins to go the way of the grave, that, that people have something to hold on to, not something flimsy, not something that, 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 will, that will shake or shift as society shakes and shifts, but nails in a sure place, fastened by the masters of assemblies. And, and, and notice what he said. Further, by these, my son, be admonished. Of making many books, there is no end. There are more books being printed and published. Constantly, people are putting out their thoughts and their opinions on what really matters. And much study, he said in verse 12, is a weariness of the flesh. But I'm going to tell you. He's not discouraging you from learning and growing, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to, here you go, spoil alert, I'm going to tell you what it's all about. Verse 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. My Lord, have mercy. What, here's what matters. Fear God and keep his commandments. At the end of the day, at the end of life, at the end of it all, what matters is that you fear God and that you keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Verse 14, for God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. You think that you're getting by with the secret things? You're not getting by with anything. All of it's going to be brought into judgment, whether it be good or whether it be evil. This is why you also should be content with doing good things that are done in secret. You know how we do good things and then we, we want everybody to know what the good things we did. So we find subtle little ways to tell about all the good stuff we did. You don't have to do that. Your father sees in secret. He will reward you openly. It'll be brought into judgment, the secret things you've done, good and evil, and every work shall be brought into judgment. So so what this is telling you is you better develop godly priorities in your life that cause you to fear the Lord and keep His commandments, knowing that everything you do shall be brought into judgment and so this is something that you have to do now, not something that you have to do later, not something that you want to wait until you decide, well, I'm not sure I'm really going to serve the Lord or not. Those days are over. You better make up your mind right now. It is time to serve the Lord. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Do you know how many people have died waiting to start their life in service to the Lord? 
Do you know how many people have, have, have lost out with God because they weren't ready yet? No, no, it's not, it's not time to, to be in a flimsy state of mind. It's time to develop right priorities, seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, knowing that all these things shall be added unto you. And godly priorities will establish in your life a pattern that will be a blessing to you and to all those around you. I want to turn your attention to the book of Proverbs, another one of the great poetic books of the Bible, the book of Proverbs chapter 16. I want to read to you verse number... Uh, we're going to begin at the first verse, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 1. The preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. In other words, if we feel it, it must be true, right? That's how we think. If I feel, it, if I feel this way, that's the way it is. And, and, and you have actually got to learn to distrust that about yourself. Because there's nothing more deceitful than your own heart. Jeremiah 17 and 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Deceitful above all things. You haven't met a serpent in the field, the most subtle beast of the field, more deceitful than your own heart. You haven't met a devil from hell more deceitful than your own heart. So, so, so this idea that, that this is how I feel, that's just the way I feel. That ought to be your first red flag. Well, that's just how I feel about it. Well, there you go. That's all I needed to hear. Let's go to the altar and pray through so we can find out how does God feel about it. Because God's feelings aren't feelings. They are truth. And so we have to know what the Lord says about this. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits there is a truth about a thing and the lord is the judge of what is true and what is what is right so here's what you and i do commit thy works unto the lord commit thy works unto the lord you commit every work you do unto the lord amen commit your prayer unto the lord commit commit the work you do on the job do it as unto the lord Make sure that you're prayerful. Make sure that you're reading the word of the Lord. Make sure you're reaching out to help people. Make sure that you're a safe person, that you're trustworthy. Commit your works unto the Lord. Now, that's, that's the step. Here's the promise. And thy thoughts shall be established. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. There are so many people who try to live for God. And this is what they say. They say, I just have a hard time getting my mind under control. It's my thoughts that are the problem. I've got desire to serve the Lord, but my thoughts, they run away and I can't get a hold of them. I can't, I can't track them down. I can't discipline my mind to stay where it needs to be. Commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. The way to get your thoughts under control is to commit your works unto the Lord. This is why if you ever wake up in the middle of the night with your heart racing, panic-stricken, anxiety-ridden, can't go back to sleep, you need to pray. And furthermore, you need to worship. 
You need to just go ahead, get out of bed, stop trying to fight it, thinking that you're going to go to bed at 2.30 in the morning with all these thoughts running through your mind, everything that can go wrong, all the stuff that could go bad. You just need to get up out of bed, go get you a glass of milk and some cookies or keto cookies or whatever it is you're on. And you need to pray and say, Lord, I need, I need a touch from your spirit. I need you to put me at peace about all this. Make you a little to-do list of things that you need to get done the next day. One, two, three, four, five. Pray over those things. Sanctify them. Say, Lord, I'm going to put all of these in your hands. I'm going to trust that you're going to give me the wisdom and the insight as to how to handle these things. But, Lord, I'm going to commit my works unto you. And God will establish your thoughts. He will put an anchor on your thoughts and hold them and keep them when you commit your works unto the Lord. Be faithful to the house of God. Don't lay out of church. I know not everybody can get here because of sickness and things of that nature at times. But make sure that you are being faithful to the house of God because that's how your thoughts are going to run rampant on you. They're going to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. They're going to be pushed and shoved and bullied by every spirit that comes your way. Commit your works unto the Lord and your thoughts shall be established. Pray every day. Pray multiple times a day. Pray all through the day. Oh, I got, how about this? Pray without ceasing. Hallelujah. And your thoughts shall be established. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Everyone that is, oh, now I'm just gone, I've just gone to meddling now. Verse 5, everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Wow. Though hand joined in hand, he shall not be unpunished. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. By the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Verse 7, hear this, hear this. When a man's ways please the Lord. The Lord maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. You don't think it matters if your ways please the Lord? When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Even those that would rise up against you. When your ways please the Lord, when you've committed your works unto the Lord, the Lord begins to move on your behalf and he puts peace upon your life that even your enemies are at peace with you. What, 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 what's happening? I'm setting godly priorities and even my enemies are at peace with me. I'm setting godly priorities and my thoughts are being established. Oh, praise the Lord. Romans chapter 8 Romans chapter 8. I want to, to read just a few verses of Scripture here from the book of Romans, the 8th chapter, verse number 5. The word of the Lord says this, For they that are after the flesh. You don't want to be after the flesh. What are you after? Don't be after the flesh. Why? Because they that are after the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh. That's what's on their mind, are the things of the flesh. What are you after? Are you after Bigger and better and are you after the pride of life? Are you after making a name for yourself? What are you after? Because if you're after those things, you're going to think about or mind or, you know, when your mom said you better mind me, she meant obey. 
they mind or they obey or they dwell on, they think they're governed by the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, they mind the things of the Spirit. So what are you after? Are you after your name being great or his name being great? What, what are you after? Are you, are you after people seeing you in a positive light or are you after them seeing him in a positive light? What are you, what are you after? Are you after? Are you after making as much money as possible or are you after seeing to it that your family is in the house of the Lord? What, what are you after? Because if you're after the flesh, you're going to mind the things of the flesh. You're going to think on the things of the flesh. You're going to obey the things of the flesh. And you're going to end up with the destruction that the flesh brings. But if you mind the things of, if you're after the Spirit, you'll mind the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is, are you ready for these two wonderful words? Life and peace. I could use that. Life and peace. Verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It's a wall between us and God. That's the carnal mind. Notice what the Bible said. For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. It cannot be. Subject to the law of God. Let, let me tell you what that's telling us. That's telling us that your carnal mind is a law unto itself or worse yet governed by the law of sin and death. But when your mind is spiritual and dwells on the things of the Lord, your mind is subject to the law of God. And the law of God begins to govern your mind and govern your thoughts. And the law of God will, will enforce the law of God upon your thoughts. And you will enter, if you mind the things of the Spirit and are after the things of the Spirit, you will enter a realm of living for God where you will be tempted by a thing and not want it. There, there's one kind of temptation where you're tempted by it and you resist the temptation, though you may want it. But, but, but the kind of life and peace that God's going to give you is he's going to deliver you from those evil desires and bring you to a place where what used to tempt you doesn't tempt you anymore. And you walk by it in the name of Jesus. And it doesn't affect you the way it used to affect you because you are subject to the law of God. You are governed by the law of God. Your spirit, your desires, they are obeying the spirit of the Lord. How did that happen? Because you established godly priorities in your life. You committed your works unto the Lord. And God, as a blessing to you, established your thoughts. You know, it, it, it's a spiritual thing. And it's also a physiological thing. God will actually, God, through these constructive spiritual habits, God will change the way your body operates. And when you continually, habitually praise Him and worship Him and meditate on Him and pray to Him and trust Him and have faith in Him, slowly but surely you are moving into a narrow way that leads to life everlasting. And it becomes the habit of your life. It becomes the rule of your life. It becomes the governance of your life. It becomes who you are. 
Oh, hallelujah. My Lord, have mercy. How many have ever been in a situation where you couldn't get to service on a Sunday morning and you were like, man, I don't even know what to do. It's Sunday morning. I got to be at church. I don't even know what to do if I'm not at church on a Sunday morning. Are restaurants even open on Sunday mornings? Maybe I should go put fuel in my car. Do, they, do the gas stations even pump fuel on Sunday mornings? Because I'm so used to being in the house of God. What happened? You established some godly priorities in your life that said, you know what? I know I, I'm not saying this for religious purposes. I'm, I'm not saying that, 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 that this is some kind of a religious restraint that we, that we subject ourselves to. I'm saying I've seen the fruit of when somebody is faithful to the house of God and I want that fruit for my life. And I want that fruit for my children. And I want that fruit for my family. And I want that fruit for my church. And I want that fruit for my city and my nation. I, I want to see people thrive and have life and peace. Thank the Lord. You can't do that. You can't experience that life and peace with the carnal mind. It is enmity against God. So it's important that we understand to establish godly priorities. And hear this. Establish godly priorities now, before the evil days come. Genesis chapter 39, we're going to enter a very uncomfortable situation where Joseph has been sold into slavery, but even though he was sold into slavery, everything that he touched began to turn to just pure gold. He was in Potiphar's house. He was thriving. He was making a name for himself. Potiphar trusted him with everything. Potiphar's wife developed an infatuation for Joseph. And she tempted Joseph. And Joseph did not succumb to the temptation. Later she would falsely accuse him. But notice what Genesis 39 and verse 9 says. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back, speaking of Potiphar, anything from me but thee. Because thou art his wife. Notice what he says here. How then... Can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? This is a man who didn't wait until the temptation arose to establish godly priorities in his life. But the priorities were established well before the temptation arose. So that once the temptation did come into his life, he wasn't having to scramble and find conviction. He wasn't having, having to scramble and find integrity. He wasn't having to scramble around and try to find some kind of a character. No, 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 it was already established in his heart. The Lord matters too much to me. His law, his word, his power, his spirit, integrity with him, being right in his eyes matters so much more to me than some fleeting, cheap, little fleshly thrill. No, sir, no, ma'am. How can I do this great wickedness against my God? It wasn't in that moment that he made that decision. It was long before that moment ever arose that Joseph had made up in his mind, that won't happen in my life. You have to have godly priorities. Notice what Romans chapter 13 says. You've got, you've got to make sure you're not in those kinds of positions, a compromising position where you might find yourself tempted you need to be able to place yourself in a godly environment. 
When godly priorities are at the forefront of your mind, you will be cautious and you will be careful and you won't, you won't look for ways to get in trouble thinking in vain that you can handle yourself. Again, you need to distrust that deceitful heart of yours and know that you cannot control your flesh through the flesh. That only the Holy Ghost can govern the flesh of man. And how does it do it? Through crucifying the flesh. Romans 13 and verse 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. In other words, you're not children of the night any longer. You are children of the day. You're not you're not rioters and drunks. You're not, you're not drug abusers. You're not fornicators. That's not who you are anymore. So, so stop acting like that's who you are, he's saying. Let's cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. What is he doing by putting on the armor of light? Godly priorities. The shield of faith. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I've got on me the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting, not in drunkenness, not in chambering, not in wantonness, not in strife, not in envying. But put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. Ooh, hallelujah. Don't you know that's what happens when you're baptized in Jesus' name? You're putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. I can't make it through this world by myself and through my flesh. I can only make it through this world by putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. He fights my battles for me. Let me just give you, let me just give you some understanding about resisting temptation. You need to understand that he knew no sin. But he was tempted in all points as you and I are tempted, yet he was without sin. In other words, he was tempted by everything you have ever been tempted by or ever will be tempted by. And he overcame that temptation and was without sin. So Jesus has already overcome your temptation. So you're saying, oh, I'm struggling with this temptation. I don't think I can resist it. I don't think I can make it. I try. I repent. I come down to the altar. I cry, cry, cry. I go back out and I still struggle. Stop trying to resist it through your flesh and put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and, and, and declare his greatness and rest in his power and know that he has already fought this battle on your behalf and know that he'll fight your battle again and he'll fight your battle tomorrow. Don't worry about next week. Sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. Seek ye first the kingdom of God every day, every morning, every afternoon, every night. Keep seeking him. Keep praying to him. Get this flesh under subjection. Put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. And here it is. Here it is right here. Make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Make not provision for the flesh. Don't put your flesh in a position to commit sin. I like to say it this way. Never stir an emotion that can only be satisfied by committing a sin. Emotion is not something just to run rampant in our life. The Bible teaches us that our emotion is to be found in the Lord. 
You know, I can't find a biblical precedent for the concept of entertainment. I can't find it anywhere. We just, we're just an entertained people. Entertain. Everybody say entertain. It's related to the words obtain, attain, maintain, ascertain. It has to do with taking control of. Entertain. What are you letting enter into your eyes and your ears and into your brain and, and, and gaining an advantage in your life? I can't find a biblical precedent for entertainment. And you, and you notice how they categorize entertainment. They got all, every one of your emotions pinpointed. You want to laugh? Comedy. You want to cry? Feel like crying? Drama. Romance. You want to be afraid? Horror. Yeah. You want to be just totally, totally, have your mind totally blown? How about sci-fi? They got every single one. They, they literally categorize entertainment according to how you emote. And the book of Psalms teaches us where our emotion is to be. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Sing unto the Lord with gladness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. This is how we are to emote. When we weep, we are to weep in the Lord. When we laugh, we're to laugh in the Lord. We're to find joy and, 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 and so forth in the Lord. Make not provision for your flesh to fulfill the lusts of your flesh. By doing so, you are enacting something that you will never be able to control, and it always brings forth death. From the book of Daniel, chapter 3. The book of Daniel, chapter 3, just a couple verses of Scripture about one of the great accounts of Scripture. It's in the, it's in the empire of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar is king. He has built a golden image. He was told by Daniel that this dream he had where the head of the statue was golden and that the rest of the statue was comprised of varying metals, silver, brass, iron, iron and clay, and that they all represented subsequent kingdoms. Nebuchadnezzar said, I'll show you subsequent kingdoms. He built a statue that didn't just have a golden head. It was golden from head to toe. And he was letting anybody and everybody know, not going to be any subsequent kingdoms. He was defying God. He was defying the word of God. And not only did he build the statue, but he said, when the dulcimer plays and the harp plays and the psaltery plays and the trumpets play, I want everybody to bow down and worship the image. And, and they would play. And I don't know what the music sounded like. It probably had some rhythm to it. You could probably tap your toe to it. You probably, one of those things gets stuck in your head. Hey, listen, you be careful about those things that get stuck in your head. Things that get stuck in your head, that, that, that's, that's interesting how that happens. I don't trust stuff gets stuck in my head unless it's of the Lord. Amen. 
Glory to God. You know what I'm talking about. You'll be sitting in a restaurant. You wouldn't dream of listening to that stuff. And you're sitting in a restaurant talking. All of a sudden, your toes tap into some ungodly stuff. And you're thinking, oh, my Lord, what in the world is this? You better, you better, you better be, keep your mind on Jesus. Keep your heart fixed on Jesus. And, and they said, you better all bow. And, and, and everybody bowed except three Hebrew children. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hallelujah. And they were told on that these three won't bow. And Nebuchadnezzar said, they better bow. I'll throw them in the fire furnace. I'll heat it up seven times hotter than it was before. And he was going to heat that fiery furnace up. Said to them, you better bow when the dulcimer plays, the psaltery plays. And, and when the music began to play, I don't know what kind of style of music it was. But it was most likely something that could be very intoxicating if you allowed it to be. Don't allow it to be. Make up in your mind before you get in that environment. I'm not bowing to this. Make up in your mind Dedicate it to the Lord. Prioritize your day. Prioritize your values. Prioritize the way you commune with God long before you ever get in that kind of a surrounding. I'm not going to bow. The rest of the world might bow. I'm not going to bow. My whole community may bow. I'm not going to bow. What a lesson is found in this passage. Daniel chapter 3. Notice what they said in verse number 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered, and I love this, and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. I, I, don't, I don't have to go search for what I believe because I settled that in my priorities. I'm not careful to answer you in this matter. I mean, you're literally showing me a fiery furnace that you're going to, Throw me into if I don't do what you're telling me to do. And I'm not careful. I don't have to second guess myself. We are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, whoo, we need a but if not kind of a revival. Thank God. We need a but if not attitude. He can do it. He can deliver me. He can turn this whole thing around. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods. We will not worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Oh, hallelujah. I made up in my mind. I've, my priorities are set. I only worship the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's who my heart is dedicated to. It's who my heart is dedicated to. One more verse of scripture that I want to share with you before we leave tonight. One of the great accounts in the scripture has to do with the, the great work of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was used of the Lord to rebuild the wall in Jerusalem. And not just rebuild the wall in Jerusalem, but also to, but also to reinstate the law. In Jerusalem. But it wasn't just Nehemiah. He was there with a man by the name of Ezra. A great scribe. And Ezra who was. Priest of the Lord. Was greatly used of God. He had to deal with Sanballat and Tobias as well. 
He had to deal with the Jews weeping when they heard the law as well. He had to deal with all the ups and the downs involved with rebuilding the wall and reinstituting the law. But Ezra chapter 7 verse 10, here it is. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. And to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. He prepared his heart. He prepared his heart, his mind, his soul, his spirit to teach the law of God, to seek the law of the Lord, to do the law of the Lord, and to teach in Israel the statutes and the judgments of the Lord. This isn't something that happens overnight, ladies and gentlemen. This is a continual prioritizing of what matters to God. And eventually it becomes who you are. Glory to God. Can you lift your hands with me right now and just say, Lord, I want to prepare my heart. Hallelujah, Lord. I want to, I want to start today. Oh, God, I want to start today to prepare my heart to be who you want me to be in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Could you stand with me right now? The presence of the Lord is in this place. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, I'm not a good, I'm not a good dieter. I'm not a good dieter. And uh, I'm starting to realize the value of those things a little more. And so I, I, I have a few good hours where I do, where I do well. Between lunch and dinner, I do really well. And the next morning, I wake up and I think, I'm just going to take this day, I'm going to knock this out of the park. I'm going to do exactly as I should. And then I order French toast someplace. And then I put syrup on it. And, and I wonder why it's not happening like I want it to happen. It's the way it is in the spirit. It's not, it's not a few good hours here and a few good hours there. It's godly priorities. Lord, I'm going to be in your presence. Lord, I'm going to be attentive to your word. I'm going to make this the rule of my life. And when Potiphar's wife comes along, no, no, I can't do this great wickedness in the sight of my God. And when Nebuchadnezzar's music and image comes along, no, no, no. I, I, I will not bow. I'm not careful to answer you in this matter. And when it's time to, to do something mighty for God, I have prepared my heart, Ezra said. I have prepared my heart for this moment. I will not back down from this responsibility. No matter who may come against me or say that it can't be done, my heart is fixed. It is prepared. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. Lord, I praise your name. Hallelujah. My, my, my wife and I were today in a little place of business 
And they had little Kit Kats this, about this size, about an inch. And, and she does so well, she can just look at that and just move right along. And I'd wait till she's not looking and grab a couple of Kit Kats. I pay for them first, and then I make, I'm gonna make that abundantly clear. I, I do pay for them. And then, But oh, spiritually speaking, Lord, let me walk by everything that's not for me, that's not good for me. Let me just, let me just walk away from it. Lord, in your name, Jesus. It's, it, it happens by, by getting into a life, into a habit, into a, a routine, a godly prioritizing of, of what is important in my life. Hallelujah. I feel like the Lord's moving on our hearts right now. There need to be some godly priorities set in your life. You need to start waking up in the morning and speaking to God before you do anything else. Come on, you got to get back into reading the Word of God every day and getting a daily bread, getting something for your life that day, that day. I need something for today. I don't need to live off of what you gave me yesterday, Lord. I need something for today, for right now. Come on, you need to do that before the emergency comes. You, you need to get into that habit before the evil days come. Because the evil days do come. They do come. But remember now thy creator. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Come on, as you, as you lift up your hands unto the Lord, let's make some commitment to God in this house. In Jesus' name. Oh, I feel the presence of God. I feel the presence of God. Woo. Come on, you've been wanting to do this for a long time. Why don't you do it right now? Come on, open up your mouth and just say, Lord, help me. Help me. And then give him something that you told him a long time ago you were going to start doing. And, and then life got busy and stuff got away from you and things got hectic. Don't be embarrassed and don't be ashamed. Come on, God can do something new in your life right now. God can do something new in your life right now. Woo, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Glory to your name, O oh Lord. Glory to your name, O oh Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I want to serve you every day. I want to serve you in the morning. I want to serve you at noon. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. It's always been you, Jesus. Jesus. Nothing in this world will do. Oh, Jesus, you're the center. Everything revolves around you, Jesus. You. Hallelujah. 
my 